And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this very lovely and mild Friday evening in Pittsburgh. And I hope it's all those things wherever you are in Steeler Nation, unless you like the cold. And if it's if it's cold where you are, great. But I'm glad it's getting warmer in my neck of the woods. <clears throat> and before I begin tonight's show, as always, I'd like to ask you to please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show, the Steelers preview with Brian, Jeff, and Dave, the Steelers hangover with yours truly, Shannon White and Brian. Uh, well, the Touchdown Under show uh, with uh, Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison. Know Your Enemy or The Curtain Call in the offseason with Jeffrey Benedict and Michael Beck. The Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and, and his brother Rich. So please check all those out. And of course, you can check all those shows out on any audio platform of your choosing after the fact. And uh, you can oh, but by the way, you can catch catch us live also on Facebook. All those live shows you can catch on YouTube. YouTube, you can also catch them on Facebook. And we also have a whole family of of audio only shows that we 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 produce, and then we download them to the internet or upload them, I should say. And then you can download them on download them on any audio platform of your choosing. And then we have uh, the live mic, we have Let's Ride, we have the Stat Geek, we have What You're Talking About, we have the War Room, we have From the Cutting Room Floor. Those are all of our audio-only shows, so please check those out. And of course, check out Behind the, St- Behind the Steel Curtain, the website, where we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, all the free agent news, as I'm sure you've you know, if you've been uh, checking in this week, all the free agent happenings with Steelers, you can, you can of course, find anything you need Steelers-related on Behind the Steel Curtain, the website. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers' needs. And hello to everybody in the live chat. We have, who was number one? Cree X was number one. And they say, good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fam. Kathy Ford, Steelers Pittsburgh, George Teston. <clears throat> Uh, Dark Storm, Ivor, Brad Jewett, who says, Tony, with a bunch of Ys in there, Danny Owens, Jr., Brian Brown, Ryan O'Toole. And Ryan O'Toole says, lots to talk about tonight, and that's definitely true. Steeler Pittsburgh, for, or, I'm sorry, Steeler, <laughs> Steeler Chick 46. Jared Devil, sorry, I was having some uh, computer issues before I went on the air. I was trying to figure something out, so I'm all flustered, but We'll get through it. Nate Van Dyke. I'm sorry, Van Dyke. Oh, my gosh. Nate Van Slyke. Just me. Lots of lots of names on here, so you have to bear with me. Billy Steelers fan forever. Evan Gulls, Brad Jewett. All right, you guys are awesome. So let's talk about those free agent happenings. As Ryan said, we do have, we do have a lot to talk about tonight. Let's get into the news on Friday, of course, because it's such big news. Double dose of it. Uh, first, we heard the news that that the Browns hadn't made a trade for Deshaun Watson. Originally, Watson 
supposedly rejected the Browns. He, it was said that he wanted to play in a, a warm weather city. He wanted to be close to his family. But on Friday, just like that, it, it came over the wire that, that he agreed to be traded to the Browns. And the deal was consummated in, in Cleveland. I'm sorry, Houston gets uh, three first-round picks plus a, a couple other picks that I, I don't remember what they were. And Deshaun Watson gets a whole new contract, five years, $230 million, all guaranteed. So, you know, it wasn't that long ago that that he was uh, worried about being charged criminally for, for, for all those uh, sexual assault allegations. And now he gets a, a new $230 million deal and a new team in the Cleveland Browns. Of course, he still has a bunch of uh, civil suits pending, uh, but that's not going to put him in jail and it's not going to um, end his football career, but he still could face a, I would say, a lengthy suspension. So it, it is a, an interesting development in Cleveland. And of course, uh, you can kiss that Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Brown relationship goodbye. It's amazing how quickly things change in the NFL. Uh, it wasn't long ago that he was the number one pick in the uh, 2018 NFL draft. And it looked like he was becoming a darling in Cleveland. And certainly within the ranks of the NFL, within the NFL universe, he was becoming a a, uh, a celebrity doing all those progressive commercials and really becoming a, a national celebrity. And it looked like he was becoming a pretty decent quarterback for the Browns. Certainly he seemed like somebody who was willing to, to to pick up that baton and and lead the uh, downtrodden Browns franchise into a championship uh, future, and now he's uh, he's on the outs just like that. He had a pretty uh, bad twenty twenty one season. You know he was definitely injured. He had injury issues, and uh, so that affected the uh, Browns season that affected his season. And uh, they told him that they would be looking at uh, big time quarterbacks this off season. I don't know why they would tell him that. I don't even know why they would do that, but to Cleveland's credit, it worked. I mean, they have, they have Watson now, no matter what you think of them as a person. And you can't, I can't imagine um, him being a, a university loved figure ever again with all those accusations, they went out and they, and they, uh, they made this deal. And, and what does this mean for them? This means that, that they're, they're under a great deal of pressure to win and to win now, you know, I mean, they've been everybody's off season darlings for the past three or four springs. You know, they're a sexy pick to win the Super Bowl every year, or at least make it there. And, you know, the best they could do up to this point was, uh, get a wild card in 2020. They beat the Steelers at Heinz field. You got to give them credit for that. And they gave the chiefs a, a good game in the divisional round a week later, but last season they kind of, you know, they, they, they uh, backslid. They, they, they took a step back and they didn't even make the playoffs. So they're under an, an enormous amount of pressure to win. They have a lot of talent on that team. There's no question. They have a talented defense. They have a lot of skill position players, a really good offensive line, heck of a running game. Nick Chubb. I mean, that, that running game is, is top notch. So, you know, Deshaun Watson could be the final piece 
to the puzzle. Then again, I mean, it is the Browns. Uh, <laughs> you know, they could, uh, you know, like Juju once said, the Browns is the Browns. And, uh, you know, if any, if any organization could screw this up, it's, it's them. And they're certainly, uh, their resources are going to be um, compromised now moving forward as far as the ability to, to build a championship roster uh, from this point on. So, I mean, they have to win now <clears throat> or uh, they're going to have to blow the whole thing up. I mean, when you, when you invest that much in a quarterback and uh, you, you, you uh, give up so many draft picks, so many number one draft picks in the process, if you don't win and win pretty quickly, you're going to have to blow the whole thing up. So this is a big gamble for the Browns. Uh, so let's see what happens. As far as Baker Mayfield, I've always, I mean, I know a lot of people, a lot of my behind the store curtain colleagues don't agree with me, but I've always liked Baker Mayfield. And now that he's not a Brown anymore, which I don't know where he's going to land, uh, it's going to be easier to cheer for him. So uh, I hope he, I hope he, uh, honestly, I, I hope he puts it all together and he, and, he, and he shoves it in the Browns' faces. I really do. I really, I really do. I could say that now that he's not a Browns uh, quarterback anymore. I hope Baker Mayfield goes on and has a Pro Bowl career and, really sticks it to the Browns as many times as he can. You know, uh, I think it'd be, it'd be fitting uh, for the Browns. And, and, and like I said the other day, this is why when you have a franchise quarterback or you think you have a quarterback, you, you can build your team around. This is why you don't go looking anywhere else or you don't even, if you're going to do a deal like this, like they, like uh, they did with Deshaun Watson, you just do it. You know, you do it like the mafia does it. Like, you know, you just do it without without telling them. You you walk him into a room and you say, "Baker, we 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 traded for Deshaun Watson. We're gonna we're gonna get rid of you now." That's how you do it. You don't preempt it like they tried to do because say they wouldn't have uh, been able to make this deal with Watson. Well, their their relationship with with Mayfield was already ruined before that even happened. So it was gonna be moving forward. It was gonna be one heck of a a task to try to repair that relationship. So this is why you don't go bringing in in uh, air parents and, and stuff like that. Aaron Rodgers showed us why you don't do that. So many of these quarterbacks, you know, they're, they're expected to lead their teams they are expected to be the, 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 um, the most important piece to the puzzle. And you're bringing in their successors. You're, you're, you're courting people who could take their place. It's just, it's just not healthy. So when you have a quarterback, like, and I'm not saying Baker Mayfield made it to that level because he, he certainly didn't, didn't, but they were counting on him to get there. And before uh, he could even ascend to that level, they were looking elsewhere. And lucky for them, at least right now, lucky for them, they were able to, to get Deshaun Watson. Otherwise, it would have been even uglier uh, than it already is between the Browns and, and Mayfield. So I don't know where Mayfield's going to land, but again, I hope he I hope he sticks it to the Browns. So uh, that's one uh, bit of major news from Friday, uh, and then of course we have to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. He uh, he's finally a next Steeler. We thought it would happen last year, but he came back on a one-year deal after he really couldn't find the the contract he was looking for. The multi-year deal, you know, last year there were issues with the with COVID and a reduced salary cap. And there really wasn't a lot of uh, uh, money out there. And plus, he didn't really have a great 2020. He had, I think, 97 receptions, but he wasn't a big play receiver. And there just really wasn't a market for him that, that had the, the deal that that he wanted. And, of course, last year, 
he had a season ending injury, a regular season ending injury early on. And uh, he came back for the playoffs, but certainly he didn't have the kind of career or I'm sorry, the kind of year uh, that you could take to free agency and say, Hey, look, this is, this is the kind of receiver I am. And this is the kind of deal I want. And he really had to take another prove it deal. And instead of um, Pittsburgh, he, he took it in Kansas city where he almost signed last year, a one year deal for 10.7 million. So, uh, you know, I think it's a good move for him. You know, if he's looking to, uh, if he's looking to, to, to finally cash in at some point, well, I mean, if you can't do that in Kansas city's offense as not the primary receiver, if you can't find targets, when you have Tariq Hill and and, 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 um, and Kelsey, then, uh, you know, shame on you. So, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. So, I, I you know, I, I wish him all the best. I've always been a big Juju fan. He has a lot of fans in Pittsburgh. and But in a strange way, also has a lot of detractors. And, and it's for stuff that, you know, when he first came into the league, it was looked at as a, you know, it was looked at as refreshing, you know, look at this, this young receiver. He's, you know, he's out in the community. He's doing funny stuff on, on, on social media. You know, his bike was stolen. People you know, cheered for, for him. They, they, they hoped he, he could get his bike back and he did. And it was, it was great. Alvin away about taught him how to drive. I mean, it was, he, he was so endearing and, and, but, you know, as quickly as uh, a lot of people, put you up on the pedestal. That's how quickly they knock you off the pedestal. And that's kind of what happened to Juju over the past few seasons. And I think in, in, in a lot of, um, you know, I, I think he, he was kind of a victim of circumstance, you know, because you, know, you could point to 2017 and 2018 and, and how productive he was over those two years. He had two uh, 90 plus yard touchdown receptions. Plus he had a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. So he showed a lot of big playability and yeah, you know, he was, he was playing opposite Antonio Brown and you know, Antonio Brown's going to, if you're, if you, if you have any kind of talent as a number two receiver, Antonio Brown's going to, going to bring that out of you because he, he drew so much coverage when he was here. He was the number one receiver in the game at that point. And he had to, he was on the greatest run in the history of the NFL for receivers. Uh, and you know, then obviously AB and the Steelers parted ways heading into 2019 and it really wasn't the same for Juju after that. The, the last three years here, he wasn't the same kind of receiver. But I think a lot of that had to do with the Steelers and not necessarily him. You know, the, the quarterback play after 2018 in Pittsburgh was not up to par. We know that. Same with the offensive line play. Same with the offensive schemes. It was just a, a bad three years for offense for the Steelers. And uh, Juju just couldn't. Uh, develop he couldn't further develop his his uh career as a receiver here so i think in a lot of cases he was a, a victim of circumstance and, and and i find it hard to believe that all of a sudden he lost the ability to be a productive and in big play receiver like he was over his first two years so uh again i wish him all the best um i think 15 20 years earlier he would have been he would have been Heinz Ward. He would have been that guy that, that the fans universally embraced for his play on the field. But 
you know, you have to factor in all these other variables now and, and we're all products of our environment. And he was certainly a, a, a product of social media. You know, I mean, he grew up with social media, like a lot of young players do. And, and rightly or wrongly, that turned a lot of fans off and uh, he made a lot of enemies that way, which again, I find to be kind of dumb that you would hate a player for that kind of stuff. There's a lot of other uh, reasons to hate uh, or, or, or be turned off by professional athletes for their off the field actions. Uh, being on TikTok and Twitter and all this other stuff, to me, that's not that's not something you should really hold against an athlete. But that's just how it goes. If you're not winning a Super Bowl, then there must be reasons why, and and you can point to so many reasons. And people love to point to stuff away from the field. And according to a lot of, you know, as far as a lot of fans are concerned, if you're not focused on football 24, seven, 365, then you're, you're, you're not committed. And that's just how a lot of people view Juju. So hopefully he uh, can, I mean, I mean, I hate to feel too sorry for the guy who made $8 million last year. He's going to make 10, almost 11 million this year. So he's, he's having a pretty good life. You know, he's probably laughing away at a bank and, but I think he showed last year after he got hurt and he made that one speech with his mom by his side, how much football means to him when he got, he, you know, he got really emotional. So, I mean, it, it, it means a lot to him to, to, to play the game of football, despite what people might think of his, his uh, other endeavors. He clearly loves the game of football. He, he plays it hard. So hopefully he, who knows, maybe he'll, he'll find his way back here someday. He, these things kind of happen all the time in sports. So you, you never know, but so it's sorry to see him go. And, and of course it does a lot of damage to the Steelers receiver room because Ray Ray McLeod signed a two year, $10 million deal this week. And James Washington's all but gone. So you're left with basically Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool. So uh, the Steelers had a great week in free agency, um, but they also had a pretty poor week when it comes to their receiving core. It got ravaged. So that's uh, that's a top priority now, I would say, heading into the draft. And for the remainder of free agency, you, you would have to think that, well, you know they're going to add to the room. It's just a matter of how are they going to do it. Are they going to uh, bring in a, a veteran receiver? I, I'm sure they are, but is it going to be a high-profile veteran like a Jarvis Landry? He's a name that's been bandied about the last few days, and he would certainly be a great fit. Uh, Julio Jones is another one. T.Y. I mean, there's so many veteran guys out there. And of course, there's, there's a lot of younger, unknown receivers on the free agent market. So I'm sure they're going to they're going to add. It's just a matter of who are they going to bring in and are they going to focus uh, their attention on the receiving core in the draft with a, a premium pick or two. So I guess we'll have to stay tuned to that. But let's talk about the Steelers activity in free agency this week. And it started on Monday with the with the uh, signing, the rather quick signing of, or not signing, they agreed to terms with Mitch Trubisky, quarterback formerly of the uh, Bears and in, in, in the Bills. And uh, that happened on uh, during the legal tampering phase, so you couldn't say that they signed him on Monday, but they definitely agreed to terms. And I was actually shocked that that it came together so fast because you know he was unquestionably the, the number one uh, quarterback on the free agent market heading into free agency, heading into Monday. And I assumed, you know, 
there'd be a bidding war for him because you know how the NFL is with, uh, you know, quarterbacks, how starved so many teams are and how, how everybody is trying to find that next great passer. And, and I, I figured, you know, Giants, Steelers, Saints, you name it, there'd be like a bidding war and, and he would take his time and, and sign a pretty lucrative deal. But now he signed a, uh, he agreed to a, a really team friendly deal with Pittsburgh. Two years, 14 million on paper. It could be as much as 27 million with incentives. So, I mean, you have to, you have to commend the Steelers for uh, getting this deal done. And you have to, you know, be at least a little bit excited about this because I think there's, there's still potential there for Trubisky to turn into something. You know, like right now, he looks like the, the bridge quarterback that people speculated, you know, they would go out and get uh, in free agency, you know, whether it was Trubisky or Winston or Mariota, Andy Dalton, you know, so many names were thrown around. So he's that proverbial bridge quarterback at, at minimum. You know, he's, he'll be 28 by the time the season starts. So, you know, you could see this guy playing here for a couple of years and them going out and in the meantime, drafting their next franchise guy and hopefully developing him into exactly that. But Trubisky is still young enough that, you know, if they can, if they can uh, sort of tap into that, you know, number two overall talent, uh, when he was drafted second overall by the Bears in 2017, and if they can develop him further through through coaching and through him, just basically, you know, growing into that role, then possibly he could be their guy for the next four or five, six years. And wouldn't that be something? You know, if you found a really, I'm not saying he has to be a franchise quarterback on par with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or you name it, Justin Herbert. But if they can find a really good starting quarterback, a guy that can that can help them win football games and take them to the playoffs and and uh, make them legit contenders, so soon after Ben Roethlisberger retired, I mean that would be well, it would be it, it would go against the odds. It would go against history and how things usually unfold in the NFL after you lose a guy like Roethlisberger. So if they could find that guy, I mean I'm all for it. You know I'm all for him him. Uh, you know, stepping up and making a leap and, and, and being a, a really top-notch quarterback for them uh, for, you know, who knows how many years. Like if two year, two off-seasons from now, if there's a, uh, uh, a, a, a panic that they might lose him, then I think, you know, that means things are going well for the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and their future is going to be pretty, a pretty good one. Because obviously if he, if he's, proves to be that kind of quarterback, they're going to do whatever they can to, to, to sign him to that lucrative deal and, and pay him, you know, what your usual high caliber starting quarterbacks make in today's NFL. So, but I think it's important that, that somebody steps up and, and, and seizes the moment, whether it's Trubisky right now, you know, he's a sexy, um, pick to do that because they just signed him and everybody's excited. I mean, a lot of fans, not everybody, but a lot of fans are excited about him, including me, but whether it's him or Dwayne Haskins, who they, who, who signed his tender the other day, or even Mason Rudolph, who looks like, you know, the, 
the the odd man out right now. Um, no matter who it is, somebody has to step up and, and seize the moment. The quicker that happens, the better. Because the last thing you want, if you're the Steelers or or their fans, is for it to be a close competition, where you know. Because uh, chances are, if it's a close competition, it's not going to be a great competition. It's probably going to be a pretty mediocre competition. Like we heard a couple of years ago, uh, even though they said it was a great competition, but I have my my doubts about the Chooks the of core for and Zach Banner battle for right tackle at training camp. You don't want it to be something where, you know, Mike Tomlin has to, he's deciding uh, in, the, in the final days of training camp who his starting quarterback's going to be. You want somebody to step up and seize the moment. And I really don't care who it is. I mean, I, you know, I, they, they would all be great stories, if, who, no matter who, who does it. And, 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 and you don't want Tomlin answering the question week in and week out, you know, who your, who your next starting quarterback's going to be. You want the next guy of this current crop or somebody that they possibly draft, you want that guy to be so good that if somebody dares to suggest that you replace him, they'll look at you like you're crazy. Like, get out of here. Get out, get out of this. Get off of Twitter. Uh, you're drunk. Go home. Get some rest. You know, like, like, you know, you would never, you never heard that. You, you rarely heard that about Big Ben. Uh, maybe the last couple of years you heard it more, but in the prime of his career, you would never hear anybody dare say uh, Big Ben needs to be benched for, for whoever else, whoever the backup was. So, so that's how good you want the Steelers' next starting quarterback to be. Because, you know, I mentioned in my article the other day, you know, how things were in 84, David Woodley and Mark Malone. You know, they, they acquired David Woodley that offseason in a trade. Mark Malone was a former first-round pick in 1980. And they had Scotty Campbell, who was part of that 84 draft class. He was a third stringer. So that was your quarterback class. That was the first quarterback class after Terry Bradshaw retired. And it wasn't long before David Woodley and Mark Malone were, were uh, take, taking turns as the starting quarterback for the Steelers. And then by 85, Scott Campbell was, was getting uh, starting uh, reps. He was starting games for them. And there were people calling for him to be the starter, you know, and, and every week you wondered who was the next starting quarterback and, and nobody was ever satisfied with the starter, whether it was Woodley or Mark Malone. And then years later, Bobby Brister, Neil O'Donnell. I remember uh, 94 O'Donnell was, you know, the Steelers had, to, they, were, they were on their way to having their best regular season since the seventies. They were going to win 12 games or 13 games that year. And he missed a couple of games at the end of the year. And Mike Tomzak, who was just a journeyman, really, he came in and won a couple of games in, 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 in O'Donnell's absence. And then O'Donnell came back at the end of the year. It was against the Eagles. I'll never forget this at Three River Stadium. It was like a pretty poor offensive showing by both teams. And people were, were in the stands chanting, we want Mike. You know, it was that kind of thing for two decades. Uh, the head coach was always answering that question. Do you think so-and-so should, should, should start this week? What would it take to to, to bench so and so and put out put in you know the, the other the backup quarterback? So that's what you don't want uh, right away if you're Mike Tomlin or the Steelers or their fans. You don't want that kind of a, a, a situation with the Steelers quarterback room where you know Mike Tomlin has to answer every week uh, who his next st- starter is going to be or or he has to defend who his starter is. You know, we got a kind of we, we kind of got a preview of that in 2019 with Mason and Duck Hodges. 
you know, uh, back and forth week in and week out, who, who should start, you know, especially as the, as the season progressed and, and Rudolph started to, to struggle. And then at the end of the year, when Hodges started to struggle, you know, so we saw, we kind of got a preview of that. And I don't think they want that. So right now it looks like it's going to be Trubisky's job to, to, to lose. And hopefully he doesn't just go out there and, 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 and barely win the job. He seizes the moment. He meshes wonderfully with Matt Canada's offense. You know, he's, He's he's got all the all the mobility you would need. I would say he has elite mobility. He's not Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick or even Josh Allen, but he's you know he's a pretty darn good mobile quarterback. So uh, that seemed to be the 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 desire of Mike Tomlin and, and the Steelers this offseason. Art the second even mentioned it in his uh, end of uh, season press conference. He wanted you know they they wanted a mobile quarterback. Well, Trubisky is definitely. Definitely that. So uh, hopefully he can finally mesh or Matt Canada can finally find the quarterback that he meshes with. And, and, you know, it can just, they can just take off from there. So that's Trubisky. Uh, I think my favorite signing other than, I mean, I, I'm obviously excited about Trubisky. You're always excited about the quarterback, but aside from him, I'm really excited about, about, about uh, uh, Daniels, James Daniels, the, the guard uh, that they signed from the, another uh, former bear. And he's the prototypical Steelers free agent. He's young. He's going into a second contract. Uh, he has 48 starts already. He looks like he's a really solid pickup and somebody who could maybe anchor the middle of that line. Um, you know, they also signed Ma- Mason Cole on Monday. He has, I think 39 starts. He's a center, but he could also play guard. They could both play center and guard. So these are two young guys. He's he's another one, Cole, 25 years old. Daniels is 24. So, uh, you know, a year ago at this time, we we sat here and we wondered what was going to happen with that line. And, I mean, they were bringing in guys like B.J. Finney, you know, and and I knew it wasn't going to be an overnight uh, thing. It was going to, you know, when you're you're starting, when when you're basically starting over, when you're overhauling your entire – offensive line uh, to think that that's going to uh, be fixed in a year or one off season. That's, that's just probably um, illogical to think that way. So last year was kind of like, you know, they stripped away, you know, all the old plaster and, you know, they brought in guys like Trey Turner and they tried uh, Kendrick green. He struggled a bit. Um, you know, it was kind of like they, they had to, had a, a board, you know, like you see on when, when, when people are doing cement work or doing sidewalk work and they have like a board there so you can step over it. So you don't fall into the hole. That's kind of like what last year was, you know, they were stripping away all the old plaster, you know, they got rid of Villanueva. They had to watch Matt father leave. They eventually had to, had to cut David DeCastro because of injury. Marquis Pouncey retired. So that was kind of last year. And, uh, you know, they, they, they tried to address it in, with some free agents and in the draft and they found a good one, I think in Dan Moore, but you know, it's still up in the air as to whether Kendrick Green's going to be able to, to uh, be a, a, a starter in this league. And he struggled a lot last year until he was finally replaced by JC Hassenauer at the end of the year at center. So that's what kind of last year was this year, you know, I'm, it's certainly not a, a finished product, but uh, when you look at that, that unit as a whole, you know, starting from Dan Moore, and Kevin Dotson, who apparently is not, he's still not out of the doghouse. If you look, if you 
listen to a lot of these insiders like Jerry Dulac. Uh, I don't know why people don't like him, but uh, meaning the coaches, but I mean, he seems like, it seems like the line's better when he's in there. So what, what their problem is with him, I don't know, but he's not set in stone as, as a left guard, but I, I'd say right now he's your starting left guard center. I would say at this point it would be Mason Cole. Right guard would be uh, Daniels. And of course, Shuk Sikorafor is your uh, right tackle. And, and you know, uh, yes, he signed a huge deal uh, for him. Three years, I think 29 million. And people were like, oh my gosh, how can they do that? But if you look at the numbers, you know, um, what, what the big time tackles are getting in, in, in free agency. I mean, Shuk's got nothing close to that. And it kind of reminds me of, of uh, Max Starks. Uh, he was, uh, it was like what, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, he was just starting left tackle, but he was, he was kind of average. He didn't really blow anybody away. He wasn't a pro bowler. And two years in a row, they placed a transition tag on him. And I think he made like 18 million total in two years that people are like, why are they, why are they uh, doing this with, with Max Starks? Well, you know, starting tackles aren't, easy to find and you know they cost a pretty it's like a, a an ace uh pitcher in, in 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 baseball i mean those guys are they cost a lot of money i mean you know you know when, when, when if you're talking about um finding a, a starting tackle in today's nfl a high-end one you either have to trade for him or or draft one to try to sign one in free agency i mean you're you see what these guys are making now you have to break the bank it's almost quarterback money that these guys are getting so I can see why they would, you know, uh, Shooks has started for them uh, since 2020. Um, he started some games for them prior to 2020. You know, I think, you know, maybe he's not the, the greatest uh, right tackle in, in the NFL, but he, you know, he's, he's adequate. He's competent. You know, he has his issues, but he's not horrible. So I think, you know, he's better at pass pro protecting than he is at uh, run blocking, but, who knows? He's still young enough. He's 25 years old. Maybe they can, uh, he can still develop into something uh, even, even better. But if you look at their entire unit now compared to last year, you have to at least be encouraged by what you see. Even with Kendrick Green, you know, struggling last year, uh, he still has a chance to, to, to take a leap. JC Hassenauer, he improved, in my opinion, markedly from, 2020 when he came in at the end of the year and had to start at center for Pouncey when he had his issues. He showed a lot of improvement last year. LeGlue, um, uh, I think, you know, is an interesting prospect who played a lot last year at, at guard. Of course, I like Dan Moore a lot. Um, and then you have Joe Haig, who's, who's your uh, veteran swing tackle, uh, and he could play guard too. So you, the unit as a whole is – much younger than it was after 2020. And I would say the potential of it for it to be uh, really good is, is a lot better than it was last year. So, you know, it's not a finished product. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, that, that, that these issues with the line are, 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 are solved now, but compared to a year ago at this time, they're in much better shape with the offensive line. Now the other moves, obviously miles Jack, was a um, a very high profile signing on Wednesday, and you know it, it's got Steeler Nation. <coughs> Excuse.
excuse me, Steeler Nation is uh, flying high after that move. And, you know, I mean, he's not a pro bowler either. None of these guys are, that they, they're bringing in are, are pro bowl players, but he's a dynamic inside linebacker, somebody that they want Devin Bush to be. Uh, he's a hundred plus a year tackler. He, you know, he's not, I guess, not the greatest in coverage, but he can, he can, he can cover. And, you know, essentially he's, he, you know, that's where, what Devin Bush should, should aspire to be. So, uh, to have those two in the middle of the, of the, of the defense, that's, that's going to be an upgrade over last year with, with Bush and Joe Schobert. It would appear anyway, on paper, you know, Jack had a, uh, According to the experts, he had a, a down year last year, but Jacksonville is so, so crazy. It's hard to say, uh, you know, maybe a, a, chain of, a change of scenery will, will be, you know, the best thing for him. And, you know, he's, he seems like a good guy, uh, a team leader, kind of kind of a guy, and he's 26. And you get him for two years, $16 million, that's not bad. So uh, he should add a lot to that defense in 2022 and of course levi wallace you know he, he's a, a solid corner he's your prototypical number two corner i was reading uh, uh jeffrey benedict's article on friday about him really good film room and uh according to him he has a lot of the characteristics characteristics of a uh, joe hayden but he's like a poor man's joe hayden but that's that's fine you know they signed a, a, a killer witherspoon on thursday so uh yeah, already have cam sutton in the fold so their corners are uh, are solid. I would say they're not. There really isn't. You would say a, 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 at this point, anyway, unless Witherspoon uh, develops into that, or even Wallace. But it doesn't seem like he's an undrafted free agent. I, I guess if if he was going to do that, he probably would have developed into that by this point. But they don't have like a lockdown corner. But they have three good young corners. Um, I don't see them going out and getting a. a a veteran like a Stefan Gilmore. I mean, if they're going to do that, they might as well just bring back Joe Hayden. But, you know, this is where, you know, a guy like Justin Lane, you know, your third round pick in 2019, he was believed to be a value pick at that, you know, at that point. He was supposedly drafted lower than than he should have been. But, you know, the way his career has gone uh, so far, uh, he was, he, he was an over, he was overdrafted, you know, so that, you know, Justin Lane theoretically should have been ready to start by no later than 2020 or 2021. And I mean, he, he barely gets on the field. He's basically a special teams guy. So that's where, you know, if you could develop a guy and I don't put it all on the, on the, on the team, I, I when it comes to, to a player developing, I, I put it 70% on the player, 30% on coaching. And I'd say when it comes to Justin Lane, it's, it's it's mostly all on him that he has not been able to develop. But if you can, if if he was a, a bona fide starting corner right now, then that would solve a lot of their their issues at, in the secondary. So uh, you know, the question is, you know, what what do they do is with the rest of their secondary as far as uh, their safety? Do they bring back Terrell Edmonds? Uh, to me, that's who I would bring back. I mean, he's he's young, he's 25, he's solid. He works well with Micah Fitzpatrick, but it's a two-way street. And what does he want uh, to re-sign here? Does he want to break the bank? Does he want, you know, 14, 15 million a year? Because he's probably not going to get it. So that's, you know, it's it's uh, a question of what, what he's willing, what his demands are. And, you know, there's a, a obviously a very loud 
ground, you know, swell for uh, Tyran uh, Matthew, uh, the 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 strong safety formerly of the Chiefs and Texans. That's the uh, latest on the wish list for fans. And you know, obviously he's a, he's a, a tremendous player, but he's also going to be 30 years old in May, and that kind of goes against what what um, the Steelers have been doing so far this week. They've been bringing a lot of guys in on second contracts and you know it was already a really young team to begin with and uh these guys that they brought in i mean you know it adds to that so to me i would rather have edmonds because i think he's a solid player and and like dave schofield always says you know if he wasn't a first round pick more people would would, would love what he's doing in the Steelers uniform but since he's a first round pick people uh don't like him but it's really not his fault that he was overdrafted. It's the Steelers' fault. It's Mike Tomlin's fault. It's Kevin Colbert's fault for for drafting somebody they probably could have gotten in the second round. But uh, still, I mean, for for uh, you know for the Steelers' defense, I think he's he, he fits in pretty well. So hopefully they can work something out with him if they bring in Matthew or Matthew. I don't even know how you say his last name, but yeah, you know, I'd be okay with that. I mean, obviously he's a he's a, a, a a dynamic player it would it would be fun but you know I, I think it's there's a difference between collecting stars and building a roster and i think Edmonds would fit in well with this defense you know and especially if hayward and, and i'm not hayward if to and, and alulu come back and and are are productive again you know i think you know that's this pass rush if it's if it's the kind of pass rush that we've seen since late 2016 then that would uh go a long way in, in making that secondary even better. It wouldn't be a, uh, a liability, which it could it potentially could be, I guess, if, if you have uh, essentially three number two corners uh, back there. So we'll see. I mean, um, I think it's, it's, it's also important to temper your enthusiasm just a little bit because, um, you know, again, none of these guys are, are pro bowl players. They're, uh, they're um, they're young players heading into their even Trubisky essentially should be heading into a second contract, but you know he had to uh, he had to move on from the Bears for a season. Uh, here's a five dollar super chat from, and that's my, all I pretty much have to say about that. And I'll take some questions, and I'll start with a five dollar super chat from from. Uh, frozen a little bit here uh, from liberty library com and, and they say bring back juju or bring back juju bring back ab to help the young receiving core i don't i i don't think ab's in a place where he's going to help the young receiving core ab's still in that mindset where he wants the ball throwing them 130 times a year so i don't think he would be a uh, a help to the receiving core you don't want ab as your as your mentor at this point, uh, he really hasn't changed all that much since he left here three years ago. So I kind of think that'd be a bad idea. But you know, Landry uh, Jarvis Landry would be a great guy to fill that role. Julio Jones, a consummate professional, he'd be a great guy to fill that role if you can get him in a decent place. He's Thirty-three years old. He's 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 older, but he he'd be a great guy to fill fill that role and and, and maybe to show these uh, young youngsters how to be a professional. But AB, no, nah, AB, AB, that would not be a great idea. 
All right, let's see what we have here. Alan Fant says uh, they could use a uh, nose guard and Justin Jones from Connecticut, someone, someone who can control the center of the line from guard to guard and keep pressure on the QB. Well, Lou is a good uh, uh, does um, a great job of that, but he's getting up there. Um, so we'll see what they do with the draft. Uh, that's a, that's definitely a, a name I'm going to keep keep my eye on though. Christopher Eleven says, "I think the big question is to it." That's that. I mean, he's you know the word is now that he's coming back, but uh. You never know until you know. I mean, we still have the rest of the off season to go. You got training camp to get through if you're him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where his mindset is. And I think I missed a super chat from uh, Ryan O'Toole, and he asked. He, he he donates five bucks. Thank you, Ryan. And, and I, since I missed it, I'll, I'll just read it. And he says thoughts on Juju and Washington only getting one year contracts. Well, I think it's when it comes to Juju anyway, <coughs> it's a, a prove-it deal, you know, because uh, I think that might be more one-sided on, on his end as far as a one-year deal. <coughs> Excuse me. A one-year deal because um, uh, really he hasn't put anything on, on – uh, he hasn't put up 20 uh, – he hasn't put up those uh, like real productive numbers since 2018. So he's had three years in a row where he's kind of he's kind of um, taking a step back as a receiver. So I think he still wants to put a season on tape, uh, put a season on his resume uh, that, that, that he can show teams that look, I'm I'm a big play receiver in this league. I'm still young, and uh, I, I want I want to be I want to be paid accordingly. As far as James Washington, that's definitely a a, a, a prove it deal because I mean, really, he hasn't done anything in the NFL since. You know, his only real productive year was 2019. Ironically enough, when when Roethlisberger was injured, he led the league in, or he led the team in receiving yards with 735, and he showed, he showed a lot of big play potential that year. But he really hasn't done anything since. Now you could say that's on the, on the team for not giving more playing time and 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 kind of bringing in guys like Claypool and Johnson, and of course Juju coming back and. You have McLeod in there, and he's not getting a chance to – he's not getting the targets he wants. But, hey, look, what's the saying? The cream rises to the to the, to the top. And uh, Washington, you know, if he was really – I mean, I think he is talented, but but for whatever reason, he just could never um, do anything to 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 get these coaches to, to have the confidence in him to be a, a more to, – to get more targets. So – I think it's just another prove it deal for Washington. There, you know, I, I could. I'm definitely not shocked that Washington only got a one year deal because, really, what 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 team's going to pay him uh, a decent amount of money on, on a multi year deal at this point? And Nate Vance Lake says getting the honey badger would be huge. I'm still not sure if I would pick Willis now, but if he drops to us and <laughs> excuse me, too much talking. If he drops to us and we can get him, that'd be awesome. I don't think he's gonna be there, honestly. I don't think Willis or Pickett are gonna be there. But to me, that's okay. So like I said on the hangover on Monday, you know, you have Trubisky, maybe. 
drafting a quarterback, uh, you know, unless, I mean, if one of those two guys falls to you, it'd be hard to pass on them, in my opinion. But I don't think they're going to be there. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. And, and and if that's the case, I think, you know, it'd be that would be what's best for Trubisky. Because you know how it is when you, when you bring in a, a first-round quarterback, you know, you know the clock is, is ticking at that point um, for them to be the starter. So I think, you know, if, if, if Trubisky doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder at all in 2022, provided he, you know, blows the other two guys away in training camp, then make, that, that could go a, a long way in his development and, and becoming perhaps becoming that guy I mentioned earlier that could be their franchise guy for the next five or six years. But um, as far as the honey badger, like I said, it, there, there's a difference between collecting stars and building a roster. And I think it's, it's, it's easy to get swept up in that, in that uh, thought process, especially this week when you see what the Steelers have done, but let's be clear Steelers. They've been a, a bit splashy, but they've also been pretty practical with these moves. You know, Miles Jack is not a pro bowler. James Daniels is not a pro bowler. Levi Wallace is not a pro bowler. Mason Cole is not a pro bowler. Of course, Trubisky, he might've made it once in Chicago. I don't know. I know, I know they went to the playoffs a couple of times with him, but you know, he's not, certainly not a, a top level quarterback at this point, but these are all sound moves. You know, if you're bringing in, bringing in and Tyron uh, Matthew, uh, what are what is his thought process? Uh, you know, does he want to be the, the superstar at safety? Because that's Nick's job right now. You know, how well are they going to work together? You know, Troy Palomalu, um, he worked well with Chris Hope. Chris Hope was kind of like his Robin. Same with Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark was a solid uh, safety. He was really good, and he made a lot of good plays for them. But, you know, he had to play the game a certain way so Troy could be that first ballot Hall of Famer. What is uh, the Honey Badger? What is his motivation right now? Um, and 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 how much money? First of all, what is his motivation as a player? Does he want to be the man, or does he want to take a step? In, does he want to like be the the Robin to Minka's Batman? Because make no mistake, that's what he would be here. And what does he want financially? I mean, I mentioned what Edmonds, what you know, his contract demands. What does uh, the Honey Badger want? As far as if he wants 15, 16 million a year, well, that's basically what you're going to have to pay Mika Fitzpatrick on a multi-year deal. You know, they want to pay two guys that kind of money. So, you know, I think it's, 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 it's easy to get swept up in that, in that, um, that frenzy. They, they got to get all these big names in here, but really they have to find the best 53 players that, that, that work well together. So, you know, like I said, I, I think Edmonds would be would be a, a, fa- a fantastic guy to re-sign, provided, you know, he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want 15 million a year, which I, I don't, if he wants that, he's delusional. But, you know, if he wants 10 million a year, that's not bad for a, a starting strong safety in today's NFL. Uh, he's a solid guy. He's a solid player. And, and he does things that um, people may, might not realize this, or maybe they, they forget it easily but he's uh the guy that that covers the, the tight ends for them now i mean he's been doing that for a few years would the honey badger be willing to do that you know does he have the athleticism at this point to do that you know uh there, you know there, there's a lot of grunt work that being the the robin to, to the other guy's batman there's a lot of grunt work that goes along that, that's involved with that 
would a superstar like like uh like uh Matthew be willing to do that? So there's a lot of things to consider when you're talking about should they sign this guy or should they sign that guy or should they bring in this guy or you know should bringing in AB to be the the mentor when you know he's not a mentor type you know or even Julio Jones at this point what is his where is his mindset is he <coughs> does he want to be a mentor does he still think he could be a, a superstar even at the age of 33 so there's a lot to consider when you're talking about who you bring in it's not just about about the name it's about you know what they're willing you know it's like it's not it's like what Mike Tomlin says often it's not what you're capable of it's what you're willing to do you know so you know, these guys have to come in and play a certain role and we saw it last year with Melvin Ingram he wasn't willing to play the role that that the Steelers wanted him to play and they had ultimately had to trade him away so on that note I really wow I've really been talking tonight but I think I'm I'm, I'm getting uh, long in the tooth as far as the show is concerned and I want Brian to yell at me so I'm gonna call it a night it was a fun show it was an exciting week and the great thing about Steelers uh, free agency is it's not over after the first wave we saw it last year even though you know it resulted in Melvin Ingram and ultimately that didn't work out but they brought him in in, Ju- in July they brought in Trey Turner in June you know they went out and they they got Witherspoon and 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 and, and Schobert even though they weren't free agents, they were trades, but the Steelers off season is never over. So who knows what, what, what we're going to have to talk about next week or on Monday on the hangover with Brian and Shannon. So please stay tuned. And until then, have a great weekend. And as always go Steelers. Take care, everybody.